Hello and welcome to the Urban Health Podcast, keeping busy city executives and entrepreneurs empowered and healthy. I'm Stephanie Webster, I'm a nutritional therapist based in Harley Street, London, and my community and I believe that your health matters. And when you're building a business or your love life is not where you would like it to be, it's understandable that you might forget to look after your body and mind, but you are your number one asset. And without you, none of your life would happen. And I'm committed to helping you take care of you despite your busy schedule. And to help us with that mission, today on the show, we have the privilege and honor of having Udo Erasmus. Udo, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Uh, my pleasure. I love doing this kind of stuff. Uh, Udo, uh, for me, you are a godsend, a legend, amazing. But for those of us who haven't heard of you, and I don't know how they could have missed it, can you please explain to us a little bit about who you are and what you do so well? Well, I, I uh, got poisoned by pesticides in 1980, and that got me really interested in health because I didn't have mine, and I had always taken it for granted. And so that got me focused on looking at how, what we can do to be healthy, which basically the body's made out of food, water, air, and light, so that's where we need to be looking. If we raise the quality of the food, water, air, and light that we expose ourselves to or, or that we bring into ourselves, we increase uh, the quality of our body because 98% of all the atoms in your body are removed and replaced every year. So when you raise your standard, you end up with a body built to a higher standard, 98% within one year. It's called healing or getting fit or getting into better shape. So that's what I did. And so I ended up working with oils because they were the most neglected area, uh, most, da most sensitive, most damaged. Most more health problems come from damaged oils than any other part of nutrition. And getting your oils right is, uh, is the number one thing that, uh, will improve your energy levels and your fitness levels and your mental capacity, uh, but also pregnancies and athletic performance because every cell needs them and they're very sensitive and they're highly damaged in the processing that industry does of oils and that we do uh, when, when we use uh, oils for cooking. And Udo, we actually met 10 years ago at one of your epic events in London and we were introduced via Kane Leatham and he recommended your outstanding oil to me to help me with my inflammatory bowel condition, ulcerative colitis. And honestly, I love your oil. I love your work. I'm delighted to share it with the world and to have this podcast finally, to be able to do so, to have this platform is just an, an honour. But Tell us a little bit about the difference between omega-3, 6, and 9, and the ratio 2, 1, 1, and why that matters. Well, omega-3 and 6 are essential, which means you can't make it in your body. You have to have it, and you therefore have to get it from outside. If you don't get enough, your health goes down. If you don't get enough long enough, you die. This is like really important stuff. If you bring them back while your health is going down, but before you die, then all the problems that come from not getting enough are reversed. 99% of the population does not get enough omega-3, 
That's why the omega-3s are really important and why we, why we emphasize those. And most people get oils that have omega-6s in them, but they are damaged by the processing and by food preparation. So we bring the omega-6s in, made with health in mind, undamaged, and you don't use this oil for cooking your food. Those two are essential. Omega-9 is not essential. It's called omega-369 oil because those are the omegas. That's a chemical designation. But only omega-3 and 6 are essential. Omega-9 is always present in oils. Uh, and the, 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 the convention in the trade is to call oils essential fatty acid oils, to call them 369 oils. Mm -hmm. And the ratio of 2-1-1 matters. Two. So Yeah. Two to one, the reason why is because omega-3s are so massively missing from people's uh, foods and too low. And they improve virtually. The research says when you increase omega-3s in your diet, provided they're not damaged and not toxic. So we're not talking about fish oil supplements here. We're talking about basic food oil. If you increase omega-3s in the diet, you can improve virtually every major degenerative condition of our time. That's a pretty tall statement, but people get people see the results very consistently when they take 50, we, we say 15 milligrams per 25 kilograms of body weight or 50 pounds of body weight per day, mixed in food intake spread out over the course of the day. So you're talking about most for most people two to four tablespoons a day depending on their body weight it's delicious and some some of my clients ask me can't i just get it from fish why does it matter that it's from a plant source can't i just take a cod liver oil capsules and i explain why but i want to hear it from you yeah okay okay uh well first of all the plant oil is five times more stable it's actually pretty sensitive to damage but it's five times more stable than the omega-3s in fish and it's the basic one. Your body makes the fish oil out of it, but it doesn't end up being rancid and damaged like the industrial fish oils. And it is what I call food oil foundation. It is not a two or three pill supplement. The fish oils are supplement. This is food oil foundation. The, what's wrong with our food oil foundation cannot be fixed by a supplement. You have to fix the foundation. That's more important than whether you take a supplement or not. And if you do take a supplement uh, in addition to it, not instead of it, that's why it's called a supplement. It supplements the food, not replace it. It's, mm -hmm. not a, it's not a replacement. If you're going to take the supplement, then I would recommend you take krill oil. And you only take a capsule or two of krill oil, but you still need your two to four tablespoons of uh, food oil foundation. And most, most people will not need a supplement if they get the foundation right. Our goal was, was to help people get the foundation right, just to make it simple, by giving them one product that has everything in it they need and nothing they should avoid. And, and that's exactly the premise of my whole practice, which is give your body what it needs and nothing that it doesn't need. And anything that goes in must give you something but also not take anything away and that's what i love about your oil is just nutrition in a bottle yeah and uh, some of my vegan clients they say but i thought flax seeds and flax sealed oil was enough on its own and what, what's our what's our response to that 
Well, it wasn't enough on my own for me because I became omega-6 deficient on it. It has lots of omega-3, but not enough omega-6. Mm-hmm. And people then say, well, you're getting omega-6s in the diet. And I say, no, but I want you off those omega-6s because they're damaged. A tablespoon of an omega-6 cooking oil has 60 quintillion damaged molecules in it. That's like more than a million damaged molecules for every one of your body's 60 trillion cells. We learned in genetics when I was at university, you only need a few molecules to change gene expression. And they always, the damaged molecules always change gene expression in the wrong way. So you want to change out your omega-6s for omega-6s made in, with health in mind, and you want to have them in a ratio, two to one is the ratio we use. You want it in a ratio so that you don't become omega-6 deficient from getting too much omega-3 and too little omega-6 like happens with flax oil. And I tried that on myself. I got dry eyes, skipped heartbeats, arthritis-like pain in finger joints, and thin papery skin. And there was a classic omega-6 deficiency symptoms, and I fixed them by taking more omega-6s. And uh, that was one of the reasons why we made the oil blend the way we make it. Uh, The second reason was people always said, oh, oils are complicated. Is there one thing I can do that gives me everything I need and nothing I should avoid? And that's the second reason why we made the oil blend. Absolutely. And I remember taking non-steroidal anti-inflammatories for my ulcerative colitis as well as steroids. And for my skin, I remember taking all these different creams, Botox fillers. But honestly, your oil solves my problems inside and out. It's just delicious. I I could bathe in it. You know why that is? Tell me. You know why that is? You were never, you were never suffering from a, a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory uh, deficiency. I, I was suffering from you, an oil you were, deficiency. You were short on omega-3s. I was short of you, Udo. Ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, the quality yeah, of your... No, I just, you know, I'm, I'm just a voice for, sens- for something sensible. You... And I, I spent years looking, looking it up and, and figuring it out. And uh, nobody was doing it. So that's how I got to do it. And then, of course, I turned to digestion as the second. We'll, we'll, we'll come on to that because I'm, I'm a nerd on yeah. that too. But the, yeah. let's talk about the quality of your oil, which is fantastic. And tell us about your process and how you extract yeah. the oil, how you source that oil. And then we'll talk about the bottle, but let's do the sourcing first. Yeah. So um, the... When I found out how much damage is done to oils when they, by industry, and it's, it's because they're careless. Oils are the most sensitive nutrients. Uh, they need the most care, and we actually give them the least care. You know, we don't throw anything else in the frying pan and watch it, watch it turn into smoke. We do that with oils, the most sensitive nutrient. Mm-hmm. It's completely nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the worst thing that we've ever invented to do to our food. Yeah. is uh, using oils for cooking. So what I did when I found that out is I thought, and I was sick and I wanted to get healthy, I said, we should be making oils with health in mind. Yes. Duh. It's like, duh. So we should be making oils with health in mind. Nobody was doing it. So my claim to fame really is I developed a method to, make, to take these sensitive oils, protect them from light, oxygen, and heat while they're being pressed, filtered, filled, stored, and, you know, I basically developed the method for doing that. And that was in 1981. We put it in practice in 1986 with flax oil. I became omega-6 deficient on flax oil. And then I went to the blend in 
1994. So that's the short history of it. But the biggest issue is you have to give them the care they need if you expect them to care for you. Oils are vindictive. They treat you like you treat them. Treat them badly. You know, they'll, 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 you know if you fry oils, they will fry you. They will fry your health. If you fry foods, fried foods, fry health. That's a chant I, we do sometimes with, uh, with people. And, uh, and making a method for, for protecting them mm-hmm. while they're being produced is the key to making oils with health in mind. Yes. So I, I feel that we're not expressing quite enough. When people are frying their food with olive oil, uh, the chemical structure of that olive oil changes and it's, there and it's damaging to health. I, I just want to make sure that's clear. Right, yeah. They, yeah, the way what, what we do when we fry, we use light oxygen heat all at the same time, act on the oil, change molecules from something that existed in nature to something that never existed in nature, for which, therefore, life never made a genetic program to break it down and, and use it well. And then they pile up in the body, interfere with what should be going on in the body, and that's why they are poisoned. That's why they are toxic, because they they didn't exist in nature. We don't have a genetic makeup to deal with them, and they should not be in our body because we should not be be frying oils. Yes, and that's why oils fried oils fry our health. Yes, and the bottle is dark in color to protect from sunlight. Yes, it, to let to keep the light out, and we even put a box around it to be uh, obsessive compulsively anally. You know, uh, yeah. um, persistent in making sure that the quality that fresh oils have remained in, in the product. Yes, and I respect you yeah. for that vigilance, and that's what we invest in. We invest in absolutely the best. So, right. Um, right. And we, we, we even ship it refrigerated. You do you know, ship it. Nobody ships oils refrigerated. We do it for meat, and we do it for eggs, and we do it for, for ice cream, but... For some reason, the industry has never thought that the most sensitive nutrients should be taken care of. Yes, and so on that point, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, sometimes yeah. you can buy your oil on Amazon and it's not, I mean, I buy your oil, I have an account, but if I didn't have an account, I would buy it refrigerated from one of the pharmacies in London or from a health food yeah. store and it's always refrigerated and if it's not, I speak up for you. Yeah. And on your yeah. behalf, like I'm one of your reps, which I'm not. Um, but yeah, <laughs> wherever I go, I'm an ambassador for the oil. But um, so what, what do we do on Amazon if it arrives and it's not refrigerated? I mean, what, what do we do? That's not good. We can't buy it off Amazon. It has to be refrigerated. Well, well the best way, as, as convenient as Amazon is, there's a big downside. This is one of the downsides. My recommendation is go to places that have refrigeration and that refrigerate the oil for you. So that's that's my, that's the best recommendation. We have we we figured out when we started, two weeks without refrigeration is okay, but you don't know how long it's in the storehouse, and you don't know you you know you don't really know the the history of the product if it's not in the fridge. Oh, that's good though. That's good to know that it's two weeks because sometimes if I'm taking my time walking home and it's in my bag, yeah. I, I get anxiety over how long. No, okay. no, no. But, no, don't don't get anxious over your walk home. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, it's too cold in yeah. London anyway. Everything's preserved. Um, so, 
Uh, and uh, what about the capsules? Because you have the oil in liquid form, which I'm, I actually feel more of a difference with that, if I'm being perfectly honest. And then the capsules, I think I just need to consume more of them um, in order to get the same no, effect. The, yeah, the, the, the capsules were intended for travelers. When people travel, you know, if you put a bottle of oil in your fridge and, uh, and uh, it breaks, you know, you, you end up with a suitcase full of oiled underwear. Nice. That's probably not the way you want to travel. So we put them in capsules for travelers. And mm -hmm. they say, we say six capsules a day. Six capsules, capsules is, a, is about a teaspoon. Mm -hmm. That's not optimum, but you, get, you at least get something. You get at least you get the minimum. Yeah. When you're at home, use the oil. If you get it in capsules, you're paying three times as much for mm. the same amount of oil as what you pay when you get it in the bottle. Yeah, and, and it's the... supposed to be mixed in food. Yes. Anyway, so so it's better to use the the bottled oil than the capsule. Can we just point out as well? Because sometimes people put it on porridge, which I'm not a fan of grains anyway. But I keep hearing that all these different or they 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 pour the teaspoon of your oil on very warm or hot food, which again. Yeah, no problem. But that's not a problem. You can put it in hot soup. You can put it on steamed vegetables. You can put it in hot porridge. Uh, but you do that just before you eat it. Like you don't put it in hot porridge and then let it sit around for, for days. Oh, okay. I was being but, too much but, of a purist. But if you use oil in porridge, you will need less porridge. And if you don't decrease the amount of porridge you eat when you add the oil to it, you might actually gain a little bit of weight. Or you might have to work out more to, to not gain the weight. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what we tell people to do is a fuel shift. Mm -hmm. Get off the carbs and onto the oils, onto the good oils as your main source of fuel because they give you better energy, stable energy. You don't get the blood sugar swings. You don't get the cravings. You, uh, and, and you feel like being active more and, and everything else works better too. But uh, fats have always been human beings' most important fuel. That's why the body stores mostly fats, not carbs. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and they've always given better, better, more stable energy. So we're, you know, this is like the keto diet, only you're not, you're not only getting ketones, ketones that are, or, or fats that are stable, you're actually getting the fats your body needs that are essential, that are sensitive, mm -hmm. but essential. So it's a, it's like a keto diet and you, you use the oil and eat tons of vegetables and you don't need carbs in your diet. If, if porridge is a habit, it used to be for us, I'll just eat less porridge and, and have more oil in the porridge. But it works. The heat is not an issue until you, unless you let it sit around hot uh, mm -hmm. uh, or unless you heat it up above 160 degrees Celsius in, in the manufacture of oils. Oh. Then the, the damage by heat uh, speeds up quite a lot. Okay, and for traveling the capsules, are they okay outside of the fridge? And if so, for how long? And yeah. Yeah, they're, they're good for about a year outside the fridge. Oh, they are? Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're because no light gets to them. Like no, um, well, like no, air, no air gets to them, no light gets to them, and they're basically their body temperature. Mm -hmm. And for those so who... Who, who don't like yeah, the, I, I love the flavor of, of the oil. So for those who yeah. don't want the actual liquid oil and want to do the whole capsule 
uh, route. Um, how, how many capsules do you suggest a day if they're just doing 100% well, capsules? If you, if you wanted to take Optimum, you'd have to take between 28 and 56 capsules. Yeah, I worked it out to be something like that too, yeah. And I thought, yeah, yeah. this so can't be right. That's but... a lot, you know, and you're paying an arm and a leg for that. Yeah. So you'd be spending your retirement fund on capsules, mm -hmm. and the capsules is not what you need. The oil is what you need. And it's better, anyway, it's better to use oil in food. Absolutely. Because I... oil belongs in food. It enhances flavors and improves the absorption of nutrients. And can I just say, when you mix it in a smoothie, you can't. You, it does mask the taste. You can't really taste it, so it's actually very nice. And I actually love the taste. That's anyway. true. And you, yeah, you put it anywhere that has strong taste. If you don't like the taste, some people don't. Uh, anything that has strong taste, the the oil will take on the taste of the food that you put it in. So I, I attract yeah. a lot of clients with different uh, gastrointestinal issues, and if a client doesn't have a gallbladder. And, I suggest lecithin granules to digest your oil better. Do you have a better suggestion? Uh, the, the big thing with, the, with not having a gallbladder, your liver still produces bile. It's just dumping bile all the time. So the best way for people without a, a gallbladder to eat is to nibble food and dribble oil rather than three big meals uh, in a tank. Yeah. Right, because the because the and then you don't need lecithin. Uh, you can use lecithin, uh, but the but the big issue for them is because the bile is dilute and is dribbling rather than being stored and then dumped on a big meal. Then then it's better for those people to eat more often smaller meals, and uh, and do the, exactly the same thing that they're doing. Only only, you know, they're basically eating all day. Yes. Now, when you were uh, poisoned, you became uh, very aware of oils and you started with oils, but you, you yeah. haven't just limited your range there. So we're going to talk about your probiotics, your digestive enzymes and your super greens. And we'll start with probiotics first, because I'm a yeah. huge fan of any conversations to do with the microbiome. So tell yeah. us about your probiotics and what got you interested in gut health and the microbiome. What got uh, what got me into when I when I when I the next step after doing oils, which I think is the most neglected part of nutrition, uh, I felt the next most neglected part is digestion. Everybody's got something going on all of them. Either you got gas, or you got diarrhea, or you're bloated, or you're you got constipation, or you got irritable bowel problems. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's because it's the hardest working part of your body. There's all kinds of foreign material going through, and it's outside your body where your digestion takes place because your digestive tract is just a hole through the middle, right? Uh -huh. And everything has to be broken down. You want to absorb what you need, and then the rest is supposed to pass through. Uh -huh. Very hardworking. The lining of your digestive tract turns over every four days because that. there's so much. I mean, everything is being dumped on it, acid and alkali and foreign material, foreign proteins, you know, all kinds of different things going on there. And enormous amount of, it's the hardest working, you, you think your brain is the hardest working, but it's not. It's actually your digestive tract. And the two things, there, there are two things that are really important in the digestive tract. Uh, one is probiotics. What, what are probiotics? Well, there are lots of bacteria around, and I call them rot bacteria and sick bacteria. Some of them are there to 
turn over dead stuff. Uh, and things are dying on the planet all the time, so the bacteria turn those over. Those are not, those are not supposed to turn you over until you're dead, right? So in order to get protected from them and from the bacteria that would love to live inside of you because it's warm there and there's lots of food but would make you sick if they did, like cholera, typhoid, all of that kind of stuff, salmonella, E. coli, um, in order to protect you, there's a third kind of bacteria that are protective that we call probiotics, and those are the friendly bacteria that protect your digestive tract from the damage that can be done by other kinds of bacteria. When we, they, they in nature, they cover raw foods. So if a cow eats grass in the meadow, and the meadow hasn't, you know, is in its natural state, it gets probiotics in its mouth with every mouthful of grass and they then work their way through the entire digestive system and protect the digestive system in doing that. When, if you, if you cooked the cow's grass, she would not get the probiotics and the cow would get sick. What we've done, again, the only, only creature in nature, you know, every, every life's mandate for creatures in nature is fresh, whole, raw, organic foods. But we, thinking we're smarter than nature, are the only creature that cooks its food. And when you cook the food, you kill the probiotics. So these are replacement probiotics. These are, are the friendly bacteria that need to be replaced for the simple fact that we cook our food and we're not eating food raw in nature that are covered with probiotics. Even agriculture changed it because we turned over the soils the probiotics used to live on the top of the soil. And the plants that pushed through the soil picked them up and stripped back the soil bacteria, and they stayed in the soil, the rot bacteria, and the probiotics ended up on the outside of the food. If you don't make these protective bacteria, all kinds of problems happen. When kids are born cesarean and they don't get breast milk, breast milk in the breast ducts, there are probiotics. If, uh, if women are not too hygienic, because sometimes we're a little bit uh, you know, too, too hygienic, too, too clean freak. And that, that can kill those bacteria as well. But milk is raw food. And cow's milk, if you put it, if you put it in on a, on a counter, it will go sour within about a few days because there are friendly bacteria in the cow's udder that are in the raw milk, but they get killed when you pasteurize the milk. So because we cook everything, we need to replace the probiotics that were killed when foods were processed or cooked. The same thing is true for enzymes. In raw foods, there are enzymes. Enzymes are take the break down foods into their building blocks so we can absorb them and re reconnect them, put them back together in the way that our body needs to put them together. When you cook foods and process foods, you destroy the the probiotic, uh, sorry, the, the, the enzymes. And so these are replacement enzymes for the digestive system. They're not essential nutrients, but they are essential for health. And both of them do their, jo their jobs outside of our body, inside of our digestive tract. And the reason I did, you know, it's a story. Um, my daughter started working with me, and so she decided to take a biology course. And in the course, and this is like sometimes at universities, there are some very 
stupid people at university. I mean, they're brilliant, but they're really not common sense. So she went to, she came back and she said, you know, I, I went to, in my course, my, my teacher said that you don't need to take enzymes because your b body makes all the enzymes it needs. Um, and this is kind of like the mainstream, this is the mainstream yes. view. Mm -hmm. You don't need enzymes, just eat foods, and your body makes all the enzymes you need. She said to me, well, you know, I didn't know what I should tell her because I know you have a different idea about this. And I said uh, to her, well, I don't know what you should have told her, but I know what I would have told her <laughs> if she said the body doesn't need enzymes and they're completely useless. I would have said, well, if enzymes don't work, then how come I stopped farting so much when I started taking them? Quite. So that, because the issue is... The, the, the enzymes in raw food will do about 60% of the digestion of the food for you mm -hmm. when you eat the foods and chew them up. That 60% is all destroyed when you, um, you know, when you cook the food, and now your digestive system has to do more than double the digestion work than it was actually made for, because the body was made for raw foods, mm -hmm. like every other creature in nature. And when that catches up with you, your digestion falls apart. So what happened to me, I started taking them when I was in my 50s. I found, first of all, the fart stopped. But my digestive system got a chance to, to recover and rebuild. And now I'm over 70. And I can, you know, my digestion is better now at over 70 if I don't take enzymes than it was before I started taking enzymes. And that's my indicator that my digestive system had a chance to recover and rebuild itself because I took that extra load that it shouldn't have been, shouldn't have had to carry in the first place. I took that load off of it. So that's the, that's the, and then the third one is fiber. Uh, fiber comes from plants. So the more plant-based foods you eat, the more fiber you get. And the fiber is food for the probiotics, but fiber has lots of other, other helpful uh, benefits, including friendlier bacteria grow on a plant-based diet than on an animal-based diet. And that change happens within less than two weeks. If you go on an animal-based diet, your microbiome changes. If you then go on a plant-based diet, your microbiome changes. Uh, always better, the microbiome is more healthy than the the dead, dead meat probiome. Uh, and the, and the, the reason is that different kinds of bacteria grow on plants versus dead, dead meat, <laughs> dead plants too. Uh, but uh, the, the ones, they all make all kinds of chemicals because of their genetic material. And those chemicals are absorbed into our body and they affect our digestion, but they also affect liver function they affect brain function. Uh, they have, I mean, that's now, the, the, of course, the, everybody's saying the microbiome affects everything in your body. It ha all happens outside your body, but depending on the kinds of bacteria you have in your digestive tract, affects the health of every other part of your body simply because of what they make and what you absorb. So you want to get the good guys, and the probiotics are the good guys. And the fiber in the, in the plants that we eat is their favorite food. So they grow better when you do that. And, and those plant-based foods inhibit the kinds of bacteria 
that do you harm? So some of my clients are more resistant to taking pills than other uh, and, and taking supplements than other clients. My, my clients who really are dedicated to optimum health and optimum performance don't have a problem and they, they're very happy to, to uh, take the enzymes and take the probiotics. And we all have probiotics and digestive enzymes in us, but there's no harm in supplementing and just seeing, see how you feel. Just try it out, see if you feel better. And what well, I will that's say... the only way you ever really find out, right? You try it out and see if it works for you. I mean, how do you But I would say to them, look, you have options. You can, you can take pills or you can make your digestive system do more than twice as much work. And I think when, when it catches up with you, you know, you can... The other way is you can do it now or you can do it later. Because when it catches up with you, come back and let's have that same conversation again and you'll just be a little bit more receptive. If you're in your 20s and you still think and you're male and you, you're poisoned by your own testosterone and you think you're, you're immortal and you can do anything you want without consequences, uh, you know, then you might not want to do what's good for your body. But the truth is, in the, what we've done to our food supply and the way we live, uh, we have made many, many changes. And if you want the longest life and the, and the healthiest life, you have to make some deliberate choices that don't seem natural because eating capsules is not natural in that sense, except that they bring, they bring back something that was taken out by processing and by food preparation. Yes, exactly. Unfortunately, because we are so processed in our food supply now, we have no alternative but to supplement for optimum right. health. That's, that's my b- belief. And uh, my yep. clients have started to believe that also. And all I will say again is just try it out. There's no harm. It's not going. It's not going to cause you any harm. If you feel better, great. And it it can only help you extract more nutrition from the food, particularly the digestive enzymes. I have certainly felt the difference there. You are not what you eat, but you are what you absorb. So digestive yeah. enzymes help you break down. Uh, that the the nutrition so you can absorb it better and I always suggest drinking away from food so that the, the your digestive enzymes are concentrated so that you can extract that nutrition better and there are lots of studies now about the impact on stress and our production of digestive enzymes how we're not as uh, we're not functioning as optimally anymore and stress really does affect the microbiome our probiotics and our digestive enzymes so it certainly yeah. won't do any harm supplementing these at all yeah it's uh i i would i would uh, if i was there say hallelujah <laughs> and also it, you touched on That's a point right. regarding mental health and the microbiome and i'm very interested now in reading about how uh the we're doing transplants <clears throat> and we're taking depressed uh, microbiomes and injecting them into uh, happy individuals and they're turning depressed because the bacteria c- contain uh, information of how or, uh, that alters mood and how the microbiome uh, contributes to depression and anxiety depending on how it's how it's functioning and I find that really fascinating but it's uh, it, it, yeah it's totally fascinating you know uh, you know the idea that that health you know people sometimes say oh why is it that nobody gets healthy from being with somebody else, but people get sick from being with other people? Interesting. You know, why is it that disease spreads like wildfire and health doesn't spread? But it's actually not true. Mm. In fact, it goes all the way down to your poops. <laughs> so and when you take a person who is, who is up and who is healthy 
and you take the poops and inject them into somebody's colon who is depressed, it actually helps to lift the depression. And I mean, that's just like the, you know, who would have, who'd have thought, right? I, I, it's fascinating. It, and it, I just yeah. feel we should have got to this conclusion sooner. So have you donated your poo to other people for, for, for a, a, a sample? Is that what you've done? No, I have not done that. Um, uh, I, I have not. If you can find a contact for me, I, would, <laughs> I could certainly offer it. I was wondering, is there any end to your generosity, Udo? It's quite... It's quite... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I digress. But... Um, no, yeah. Anyway, is, no, but it but it's so interesting that 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 could make such a difference. And and but part of it is is because this is our connection to the entire ecosystem. Came from foods, came from bacteria. Bacteria make up ten percent of the biomass. Funguses make up another twenty five percent or less, depending on who you ask. Uh, you know, and these are the foundation of everything that's alive. And the bacteria. Uh, that we could that we could sanitize our foods and cook our foods and kill all the bacteria like we try to do. It's you know it's a lot of BS. Mm -hmm. You're covered in bacteria inside and out. You know you want to make your house sterile. It's not possible. They're in the air. They're in the food. They're in the water. These are living creatures. Some of them are exceptionally good for you. And the problem with probiotic with antibiotics has always been. They kill the bad guys, but they kill the good guys too. And then you become more prone to reinfection by the bad guys. I'll briefly so go on a tangent, actually, about water. So we, this, this uh, uh, psychiatrist was talking about the water in India and how we shouldn't drink it because we get tummy bugs when we go to India and we drink the water there. Yeah, it's called Delhi Belly. Yeah, but then we come to London and we drink the water, the tap water here, and we don't have the bugs. But why? Because we treat the water with chemicals that treat the bugs. Yeah, but we put, yeah, we put chlorine in the water, but the chlorine is uh, is poison. Exactly, and that and kills then, the bugs and then inside we drink us. The, the chlorinated water, and it it's not good for our our microbiome either. And uh, but it also makes us more acidic. And when you become more acidic, then you get problems. So may I ask and you, what water do you drink, Udos? Or is that too... I, I, have a, I have a Kangen machine. I have that too. Yeah. I have a Kangen machine. I like the water. It's filtered, but you can also make very alkaline and very acidic water. The acidic water you can use to sterilize countertops in the alkaline water. Some of it you can drink, and some of it I use to, to remove spots out of my light carpet in my living room fascinating i didn't know you yeah, had and water water is so versatile it's uh, probably and 22 times more water goes through your body than all the nutrients combined so making sure that the water is really good is is really important it's as important as what we do in choosing better in choosing good foods the water we we need to choose good water and the more, the dirtier the planet becomes from our sloppy activities, the more important it will become to make choices about the quality of our water as well. Udo, I have to introduce you to Michael Masha from the Fine Water Society, who know, he's the absolute expert on water and the quality of water. But I'll do that after the show. Um, okay. I, I can't believe I have the same machine as you. I just feel closer to source. 
um, as it is. I will say, though, to anyone who's listening, I don't actually drink alkaline water uh, close to a meal because I find that that uh, changes the digestive uh, enzymes in my stomach and it dilutes the acidity. So the alkaline water is great, but away from food. It depends on how good your digestion is, because if your digestion is really good and your, your pH is 1.5 to 2.5, then uh, drinking 9.5, which is like a thousand times different in pH, will not make much of a difference. But if drinking water during a meal causes you problems, then don't do it, because maybe your, your digestion isn't, your, your stomach acid isn't as strong as it is for other people. Yeah, and let's, um, let's talk about yeah. the Super Greens because you've got this amazing Super Greens product, which I, I yeah. have to say, as ruthless as I am, I do struggle with that. I have to put it into a smoothie or something, but having it raw, you know, it's character building. When I'm feeling bold, I'll just have it as is. But <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your Super Greens. My, Tell me about my, my, my character building supplement. <laughs> so the idea was this. Well, after digestion, I said, okay, what's next? And to me, next was look in the planet, green, 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 green. Looks like a like blue from a space, but this is the green planet. Mm-hmm. Everything that we eat originated from first from bacteria and funguses, and then from greens. Even the steak you eat is made out of grass. That should tell you something. And the grass can live without the cow, but the cow cannot live without the grass. So I decided, okay, greens, everybody knows you should eat your greens. I mean, everybody tells you that. Even the doctor tells you that. Uh, But most people don't. Most people eat a lot of stuff. And where it becomes the biggest issue is when people are traveling or when people are in a hurry, uh, then they want to, you know, one thing, one, one, one solution is slow down, but that's not likely to happen. No. The way we're tra- the way we're trained and the way we're addicted to getting things done. Yes. So the idea of the greens is you bring them in a bag, you throw them in a shake, you um, they and and you get and you get the greens that you that you're supposed to be getting, but they've been made really convenient. And I don't know if you don't like the greens. I think those greens are amazing because they taste so good. Udo, I'll, I'll, I'll take anything you make for me. You know, I'll take anything you make because it's. I know it's just made with so much love and so much science and so much good intentions that it. You know, it's it's the home food that we should all have had, but we didn't. <laughs> it's, it's so yeah. I I I'll always take it. I'll always take it. And that's actually the way when I thought about how I could how I could help people with health. Because I went into medicine for a year, and I realized I was only going to help people with disease. I didn't want that. I wanted to know what health is. Biology is more about health than medicine is. Yes. So I studied biology. And my idea was, okay, we live in cities where in, in a lot of ways we're out of line with nature. Yep. Health was in, invented by life in nature. So how can I, what can I do, what can I bring into the city that will get people closer to how it was in nature? That's how I actually create my products. Uh, always looking at how it is, was in nature before we got civilized, where are we now, and what steps can we take to get closer back to how it was in nature. Yeah, That's how all of those products got made. 
And honestly, and I know this sounds absolutely crazy, but I, I don't mind sounding crazy anymore. I'm sort of getting used to it. Um, but when you eat in line with nature, you feel yeah. different. There's a spirituality to it. There's a connection to it. And I remember when I met you all those years ago in London, you glowed, Udo. I'm not, I'm not joking. And I, I feel like I'm gushing and I don't care. But you were just so <laughs> gloriously healthily beautiful you know, you know gushing is better than bitching right <laughs> i do that too but i do it offline um so yeah, well, well whenever you have the choice pick the pick the gushing I, it doesn't have to be about me and it's, you you are such an appreciate i'm going to share something just to, and it's maybe going to make anyone embarrassed but um in the break you were walking and i happened to be behind you i wasn't stalking i promise but you were walking in the corridor in the hotel room looking for the gents and you actually paused to touch one of the flowers that were in the hotel and your appreciation of nature in that moment, I could just tell, it's just so wonderful to find someone who's so genuine about the work that they do and, it, it, and it's just, it comes from such a nice place and you were looking at this plant like it was the best thing on earth and then you just continued walking and I just had that moment and I, I've, it, stay, it stayed with me ever since. Interesting. I don't remember the incident, but I have been known to. I, even when I go for walks here, I do. I like I like touching the flowers and I touch touching leaves and yeah, it's it's nature. This is like I'm its child, you know. I'm nature's child. So what are you your? Know? And person... I don't mean that in any in any hippy dippy way. It's just like we are part of this natural system. Yeah, we are, and you we know? need to and, we need and, to get back to why, that. Why not? And then why not appreciate that? Because without it, you know, like. Plants need us for nothing. We need them for everything. So, so what are your personal to, to, healthy... To live your life in reverence or gushing about plants is actually not a bad idea. Sorry for interrupting you several times there. How rude of me. Um, but what are your personal healthy principles that you live by? Are, are you a vegan, uh, Udo? Because I know you're very plant-based in your ethos. No, I... You know what? I, I have never... I don't like to be... Uh, I'm a human being. Right. And... <laughs> And I don't like to be, I don't like what veganism, the kind of judgment that goes with it and all of that, that's like, because that's not good for health either. Mm -hmm. So I'm a human being. I've always really liked plants. We, when I grew up on a farm without electricity, we only had meat once a week because we had a locker in town with a quarter of beef and my father would drive into town once a week to get a piece of beef. And because we didn't have electricity, we didn't have refrigeration. So we've always had, and we always had a big garden. I have always really liked plants. I will, I don't fuss if, if somebody, uh, you know, somebody cooks something and, you know, my, um, and, and there's an egg in it or there's meat in it. I don't fuss. Uh, we are not by nature 100% vegan. I don't think because we, we, vegans need to take vitamin B12 which is made in, by animals, it's an animal product. And B12 is an essential nutrient. So, but eating meat four times a year is probably enough for the vitamin B we need. So we don't need a lot. There's a lot of reasons for why it's better for the planet uh, to plant trees and eat weeds. So, and, and the older I get, the better I notice plant-based works for me. Mm -hmm. I, I may, maybe it's because I'm more sensitive or maybe, maybe I'm paying attention more because that's also true or maybe it's because I'm, I get more sensitive because I get, as I get older I'm not sure what the reason is 
And I'm just following that. You know, talk to your body. Let your body instruct you. My son eats meat. He swears that it works better for him than vegetables. I don't argue with his experience. I'm not, my, my goal here is not that I want to hammer people over the head to become vegans or vegetarians or anything. What I'm interested in is whatever it takes for you to have optimum health, that's what I think you should do, unless you want to be sick, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm, 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 I, I like it. I eat a lot of my food raw, mm-hmm. and that started because I didn't want to take time for cooking, and I never felt that cooking added more to the food, although there are some people who make amazing things by cooking, but that was never my calling. Uh, so I eat a lot of things raw. It was quick and convenient and, and, uh, <clears throat> and mostly plant-based these days. I have very few carbs in the house, no bread, no pasta, no, no potatoes. Uh, love my green vegetables, eat some fruit. Uh, I can get, I can put on weight even if I, even on fruit, if I eat too much fruit. Yeah, me too. And, and I love herbs and spices. Do you drink alcohol, Udo? I, I still like wine, but wine doesn't like me as much as it used to, so I drink very little. You, you don't have to answer anything if, you, if you're not comfortable. <laughs> no, no, it's not a problem. I, uh, very little, uh, and the research is very clear. Used to, they used to say, oh, one drink, you know, one or two drinks is, is good for health, but more than that is bad for health. Those, those studies were fudged. I agree. There is nothing uh, in alcohol that is helpful to health. Uh, alcohol is a poison for the liver, and it poisons your brain. That's why people go down when mm-hmm. they drink enough, yep. when they drink too much. Um, and so there's nothing to recommend drinking other than... If you're so heady, thinking, 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 thinking all the time, mm-hmm. then poisoning your brain a little bit <laughs> will make you relax a little. <laughs> I see what you mean. From that pers- yeah, from that perspective. But the alcohol itself is poisoned. I understand. And there are better ways. There are non-alcohol ways to calm down because there is something in every human being that is so completely calm and content and in peace, it's part of our nature, not part of the physical part of our nature, but it's part of the life part of our nature. And to spend some time doing that every day is also really good for health. That's, and, and I highly recommend it. I've been doing that for 46 years. Amazing. And, it, you know, as you said earlier, uh, no one's in hospital suffering of a, I can't remember what it was, deficiency, but no one's in hospital suffering of an alcohol deficiency, certainly. So that is, Exactly. It's or not a, a tobacco trip. deficiency or a, or no. a drug deficiency. No. Um, oh. I, I will say um, just one last question. Oh, well, two, actually. Do you have a minimum protein intake personally? And do, do you lift weights or what's your exercise regime? Yeah. No. Okay. I don't have a minimum protein intake. And the, the reason is very simple. A cow can make a steak out of grass. And there's not that much protein in grass. Uh, if you are a bodybuilder on steroids, you probably need to take protein supplements. Mm-hmm. I am not a bodybuilder on steroids. Uh, I, there is protein in every whole food you eat. And where our protein deficiency comes from is if you eat processed foods, because in the processing, some proteins are removed from whole foods. And the other reason why proteins are such a big deal 
is because the protein industry really likes to sell their products. And so they, oh, you got to put, oh, you got to put, oh, you get put, oh, yeah, yeah, you can't, what, what, what? You know, and it's all just, none of it's true. Elephants make a big body out of grass. So is our digestive system competing with, I, I, I didn't think our digestive system could assimilate the 21 amino acids as well as, as cows and as elephants. And, and well, also, that's what we've been told. Well, yeah, that's what we've been told. And then they say plants don't have uh, complete proteins and therefore you have to mix rice with beans and all that. It's all BS. It's all BS. It's all, you know, so it's hard to say these days what you hear as so-called science what part of it is actual science and what part is advertising disguised as science? Although I agree, I agree, Udos, but in order to get the 21 amino acids, we'd have to eat an awful lot of veg, you know, we'd have to be really on our case, surely. I don't know. There are some completely plant-based bodybuilders. Uh You have to know what you're doing. If you you get your, your proteins from seeds and nuts, Seeds and nuts, many of them have more protein in them than steak does. And you're going to get, get the argument, oh, they're not balanced. Well, you know, if I, if I start to suffer from protein deficiency, I will let you know. and I will change my mind. But I, I, don't, I, don't get that, I don't get that feeling. I do not get the feeling of protein deficiency. I just get better health. Okay. Well, Udo, tell us about your community and who's particularly interested in this world of oils and why. Well, I think, I think we created that community. I wrote a book about it. It was called uh, Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill. Yes. Because I wanted to make it clear that there are two completely opposite stories on fats. And then we went out and we talked to everybody who would listen to us. Well, I was on fire because I said, well, we could help so many people if we brought the omega-3s back. And, and flax oil is what we were doing at that time. That was my first invention. And, uh, and, uh, and, the, and it basically, the, the, the book found me instead of, or, you know, the book found my audiences. And, and then people who were interested in health, uh, and they heard about what we were doing. So it was built like totally grassroots. We were broke when we started, completely broke, but we were on fire. So this is like an example of where money didn't buy money didn't buy this 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 came out of enthusiasm. I have no business background, but I know a lot about science and I love life and I think we could all live way better than we do. I and it's agree. all not it's not complicated. It's basically living closer to ourselves and living closer to nature. So that so so I can't tell you why why people come, you know, other than what they tell me. They're interested in health. They want to give it a try. They have a product pro- problem they haven't had results with. You know, those are, those are all the, you know, not, I'm, I'm, it's, not a, they, it's not about me. It's not my personal cult. You know, I'm, I'm not that interested in a personal cult. What I am interested in is a message about how people can live better in the life that they have. You know, you get 4 million years, 4 billion years of dust and water. And then you get 100 years of uh, human, human life. So it's the holiday. And then you get another 4 billion years of dust and water. So you're on the holiday right now. Make the most of it. And, and being healthy and living in line with nature and living in line with your own nature 
is pretty much is um, that's, that's the best way to do it. It doesn't come from more money in the bank. It comes from more presence in yourself. More than anything. Money is okay. Money is a good tool. But, uh, you know, it's like money is like Google. Google buys you everything except you. Uh, Google can get you everything except yourself, and money can get you everything except yourself. And yourself is independent of money or whatever else you do on the outside because it's an inside job. So I wrote a book. Uh, the, the, the next project that I'm on is I wrote a, an overview book called The Book on Total Sexy Health, The Eight Key Parts Designed by Nature. Mm-hmm. And that came out of realizing that everything affects health. So politics affects health and the environment affects health and the people you hang out with affects health and what you eat, what you drink, what you breathe, how you think, how you feel, everything affects health. So if you want to have the best life, the most abundant life, you have to give every part, every one of those eight parts its due. Each part is different in its nature and its function. Each part needs a different kind of attention. Each part goes off in a different way, and each part responds to a different kind of intervention. And that's what the book on Total Sexy Health is about. Uh, UdoRasmus.com is a good place to get it. Uh, It was only published recently, and it's an overview, and it's deep, but it's easy to read. I encourage all of my listeners to buy uh, Total Sexy Health as well as Fats That Harm and Fats That Heal. It was amazing. That book was absolutely so insightful. The book is called... The book on total sexy health. If you just look up total sexy health, you'll get something. You get porn, I think. <laughs> I don't know what you get. Oh well, maybe get both. You know, for a completely balanced life. Um, <laughs> yeah, balanced life. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Udo, thank you so much for your intelligence, your diligence, your inspiration, and your dedication to humans and humanity at large. Thank you so much for the work that you do yeah. and for coming onto the show, sharing thank you. your passion. Thank you. I'm just getting started. <laughs> Gosh, well, we must we must call you again when the Total Sexy Health has come out and it's got some more uh, feedback from the audience and I'd love to know how it's changed people's lives. So maybe we'll get you back in the future, yeah. yes? All right, sure. Be, 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 I enjoyed this. I'm sure I'll enjoy that. Okay, thank you so much for coming yeah. on to the show. All right, and, thank uh, you. Thank you for sharing your inspiring insights and helping the Urban Health Podcast and keeping busy people healthy. Yeah, thank you, Stephanie.